What's going on? It's Vic Nazar coming to you from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. It's a, another pod-only version of the People Show. It's an early Canucks game day. Did this on Tuesday, and we talked to Yannick Hansen on Tuesday instead of on the show. Uh, this time, we're, we're going to talk to Brad May, as he will join us on Thursdays on the People Show. A lot going on at Canucks Nation, so let's get into it with Brad right now. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? Uh, yeah, we're uh, getting by on another uh, Canucks game day as they make this uh, southeast trip in the Stanley Cup, or former Stanley Cup champions, at least uh, Eastern Conference uh, representatives uh, as well, uh, in Tampa Bay tonight. And a lot of uh, talk of what might the lineup look like. Uh, Bruce Boudreau earlier today, head coach, talking about potentially uh, scratching someone like Oliver Ekman Larson. Now, it would be a high-profile uh, roster decision, Brad. Um, you know, for, for you, what type of message does that send if this comes to fruition and they, they wind up scratching Oliver Ekman Larson? Well, it's a tough one, right? I mean, his career, um, obviously, when he started off in Phoenix, was, you know, on a great trajectory and really, really solid player. But this season, he hasn't been um, – he hasn't played up to his, certainly his contract and to the number – um, so it, it's a difficult decision, I'm sure, for Bruce and, and, and the team. But yeah, at the end of the day, every one of these players, I think if anything, it puts fear in their, in their hearts and their minds that, listen, if you're going to scratch you know, OEL, um, it might be me next if I don't pick up my socks. So it might be a great you know, message to the group. But at the end of the day, it's all about defending. And um, between him, and I don't want to be the guy that, jump on and bury certain players but um between oel and and tyler myers um two high-paid defensemen that you know vancouver expects a lot more from um arguably you know for their for their contract status and their ability and certainly the production on the ice um they're in the low low end of the national hockey league if not near the bottom um for value it's it's been a difficult year for both the play that I think a lot of people are looking at is that shot block where, like, he's kind of protecting his face. And look, I understand it. Like, you're the money maker, right? You protect the face, but at the same time, it's like you're kind of getting out of the way of the shot. And, and between this, like, is it too harsh to go to this level and say, "Hey, it's been one incident," or is this a prolonged stretch here where you look at uh, a run of games here and say, "Hey, it hasn't been up to a certain standard, and this is the type of move we have to do." Well, listen, um, it's never nice to be be hit with a puck. Yeah. So. Full disclosure, um, none of us. <laughs> you know, guys, the game has really changed in, in that sense where guys have, you know, they're instructed to get in the shooting lanes and block shots, and it's always been match a mantra from a coach. But I remember I played, I mean, just going back to our time, um, I did everything possible to be, get near the shot lane, but then not be in it, <laughs> especially <laughs> when you've got guys like Al McKinnis and others, sure. you know, teeing up from the blue line. It's not fun getting hit. Um, I think it's too much to actually criticize a player for that. However, um, this whole season, his his defensive ability, and he is a good player, and he has the ability to do it, but he just hasn't performed. Um, there's no question um, that the Vancouver Canucks and Canucks Nation and his teammates are disappointed in his, his output. Um, he's a good person. We all get that. But at the end of the day, when you get paid that much money, seven point what is it, two, six million a year, mm-hmm. um, you're expected to perform. At the end of the day, there's no excuses. Um, and 
I'm just saying what's, what's stating the obvious, right? For him and Tyler Myers, they 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 haven't played up to up to snuff, really. They they they're quality players. They they earn their contracts, but you know, at the end of the day, you, you can't stop playing, and you have to be able to play defense. And I think that's probably the biggest problem. You know, it happened under Travis Green. It happened under Bruce Boudreau. I know they're two different coaching styles, but at the end of the day, the ability to defend, and you need your high high paid defenseman to be able to step up and actually eat minutes and, and be responsible. And um, it hasn't happened thus far. And I think the conversation being had, obviously, you know, that this player might get, uh, get sat out tonight, a healthy scratch. Boy, it hurts. I remember the first time I got healthy scratch in my career and um, you feel really isolated and alone and insecure. And you know what? The only, the only remedy to that is put your head down be a professional, you know, show up every day, work harder, continue doing what you're doing, but kind of maybe look back at your game and, and, and make some changes. And, you know, it's a difficult place for a, for an elite player to find himself. When was that uh, for your, your, your scratch? My, my first healthy scratch was, um, or, or I, I, my first year I was, I was sat out a couple games, but you expected it as, sure, a, as a young. Yeah. Um, but for a long stretch, I was never, scratch and I, I want to say I was playing for the Vancouver Canucks and Mike Keenan scrat, um, sat me out um, in Edmonton and um, we went on a road trip and I was like I was irate I was so upset with with Mike Keenan and I found everybody else to blame and you know because you don't really want to take it on yourself mm-hmm. right but then you sit up in the press box and you're watching the game and you're like I can do that but I think a lot of this is, is more of a message that's being sent by the coach obviously you know, the, the quality in the player, I mean, Oliver Ekman Larson, he can still play. He has to commit himself to doing the right things and be, def- you know, be defensively sound. And, and that's something that's eluded him this year. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one, but I'll tell you what, when um, you, you don't have any choices, right? You, North or South, you have a, either you, you, you get on board and you do more and you work harder. And, you know, the hard part there is, if you're working too hard, then you're not working smart, and you might actually miss some details that way too. So it's a it's a fine balance. That feeling, because um, you know, for for a lot of fans, we sit here and say, "Hey, it's a long season, right? It's it's one game of 82. It's not that big of a deal." But to hear you talk about, "Hey, that one time I got scratched, and it still resonates with you even now." It's you know, like what what signal does that? You know, sorry, not signal, but like, what battles did you have to go through personally to to overcome that and say, okay, I'm back in the lineup, I can do X, Y, and Z still. Well, the hardest part really is when you're a positive person, which mm-hmm. you know, in my case, you know, I'm an eternal optimist. Um, when you find yourself in that spot, but listen, all your teammates, which are who are your friends, when one place when one player gets sat out, another player gets his opportunity, mm-hmm. if not more, right? Because ice ice time gets distributed, so. You want to complain to your teammates, but they don't have time to listen to you for the most part. And then you're like, you're, you're sitting there and you think you're on an island of yourself. Yet you're you're really angry, um, you're PO'd if I can say that on the radio. Of course. And you know you, that's how, exactly how you feel. You're hurt. I think there's an embarrassment, which maybe we can put embarrassment aside because I think it might be a wrong word to be used. But you feel like you're embarrassed that you've been sat out, and all of a sudden if you're going to pout and be a distraction to your teammates, then all of a sudden you become, you know, not the go-to guy and you're not a great teammate. 
And a lot of players get sat out, but they have a good attitude. It's a, it's a fine balance because you don't want to accept being sat out. You certainly want to be set, accept, you know, being on the fringe because the moment you do that, you got one foot out the door. And it's one of these things, but then you can't be content in your play because obviously a message is being sent. It's, it's not an easy place to be. Um, it's a good thing probably that it's on the road mm-hmm. and maybe even in Tampa, you know, if this was to happen to this player. But um, for every guy that gets sat out, we're all proud guys and you want to play and you want to make a difference. And at some times you're up to the mercy of, you know, coaching decisions. So um, at the end of the day, though, if, you know, if I could say, you know, character is when nobody's watching, that's when you develop character. That's when you're, you know, your work ethic and, and your resolve and some players become great players and great teammates because they handle that pressure and in these situations better than others. And then you can look at some players that get sat out and, you know, they, they, they reveal their character and they're selfish and they're not a great teammate. And the coaches and the players are all watching. They want to see the response. Um, so in my case, I really hope if this did happen to Oliver, um, you know, he takes it, he internalizes it, he w- wakes up, he's the first one on the ice tomorrow at practice, and he gives everything he has, and he tries to find his game. You know, that's the only thing he can do. Who is a player that, uh, in your career, uh, got scratched that you noticed and said, okay, this guy's getting put out of the lineup, we all have to wake up here a bit? Whether it's a, a, a message to the team to improve the record or work ethic, whatever it is, who was it when you played that, that someone else other than you got scratched and, and kind of woke you up? Well, you know, a lot of guys, and I go back to my first year in the, in the NHL, um, really cool. I, I, I got to play with some Stanley Cup winners um, in Buffalo. Randy Hillier was traded in with Pat LaFontaine. Um, he won a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Colin Patterson won a Stanley Cup with the Calgary Flames. And as a younger player, you know, that, that, that experience that, that these players can impart on their teammates, and in my case, I had some really good veteran players and I actually got sat out some nights, you know, with those guys in the press box and they've obviously been, you know, pros for many years and, and we're able to talk you off the ledge, if you will. And, you know, identify, listen, Brad, like you think you're playing well, but think of all the mistakes and here, bang, bang, bang. This is what you've been doing. You know, our coach, John Mucker doesn't want it that way. You have to be responsible. If anything, You've got to do the small things, the simple things, you know, perfectly, or you're going to find yourself up here in the press box again. So um, I think it's the experience, guys, you know, and having the ability as a young player or even, you know, in Oliver's case, he's not a young player, but having the ability to open your ears up and listen to the advice that you get from your teammates. Your best friends are going to tell you you're great and you're getting screwed, which fuels the fire that, you know, you're mad at the coach and you're mad at the world and it's everyone else's fault but your own. But at the end of the day, you know what? You're paid to perform. You're being paid over $7 million. Um, literally, the Vancouver Canucks are the worst in the National Hockey League uh, rush scoring chances against, right? And it's um, it, that's a problem. But that doesn't all fall on one player that's on the team. But in this case, um, he's got to bunker down and, 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 and show show us. Show us who he is. Show us his character and come back and play. And, you know, a lot of times in two weeks from now, I could see the same story being written that, you know, if this did happen, um, two weeks ago, Oliver Eckler, he, he, he found his focus and right. 
you know, he's played well in the last four or five games, and, you know, here's the evidence of that, and we can see the defining moment, and that would have been, you know, this this moment in Tampa. So, I, again, I'm an optimist, but the player has to take it on himself, not blame others, which we all have a tendency to do because it's never your own fault. You certainly want to blame the coach, but the coach has a job to do, and you know what? Uh, and all the other players, they don't have time to even care or even think about their teammates. What they do notice is, oh, my God, if it's going to happen to him, it very well happened to me. I better pick up my socks and work harder and block shots and do things that are out of my own character or my own description of a player and, and do more for the team. But the danger, again, Vic, and, and I don't mean to let, like waver, but the danger is trying to do too much too soon, which then leads to problems and, and mistakes. You know, um, you got to go back and know who you are and, and play that game. Well, what's fascinating about kind of knowing who you are, where we're talking about two guys here, and Oliver Ekman Larson, he's age 31, Tyler Myers, age 32, you know, it's all well and good to be like, hey, I, I want to be the best version of myself. I've done this before, but f- like father time kind of comes for everyone, and you do have to adapt your game at a later stage in your career. Is that something that could be uh, troubling these two guys right now, whether it's psychological or just trying to adapt their game to a playing a, a new style for them at this age? Yeah, I, listen, that, that's the whole. That's the crazy part of pro sports is, you know, we all look at the past. We have you know highlights and and, and moments that we can really identify with, you know, certain players. And Tyler Myers has had, you know, epic successes, you know, as a, in the, as a player, big guy, great skater, good shot. He's, he's played in some meaningful games. Um, the same for, for Oliver Ekman Larson. I mean, he was a captain of, of the, the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but these guys are aging. you got to find a way to put on a different hat. And if you're not willing to change, if you don't evolve, you die. Or your career ends you prematurely. And I don't suggest that that's going to happen to these two players, but they're not playing great, right? I mean, they're, they're, their numbers are not great, certainly for, for the value that the Vancouver Canucks have put on them. They have to figure it out. Well, I guarantee you they're thinking, am I going to get traded? Well, I'll tell you this. If they continue to play the way they have or the way the coach believes they have, who else would want that player, certainly for the number, right, with the salary cap? I think there's a lot of pro- like there's a lot of um, nuances um, in mm-hmm. the game, but for these players, they have to figure out their identity, which they know what it is, but recognize it. Go back to the drawing board and and be simple. Make the right play. Maybe even play on the safer side. You know, to the you know, don't cheat. Don't get caught. You know, where you're you're, you're caught up in the offensive zone or on two or two on one, three on ones coming back at you. Because the moment you put yourself in those spots, these players are too good. If there's time and space on the ice, there's going to be a scoring chance. What was your version of that, of, of trying to adapt with, the, with how the game was changing as well? Well, for me, um, and, and I, I thank you for the question, I, I, every player is a different. Mm-hmm. It can bring something different, right? Hey, when you play 18 so, years, you're going to have to adapt a little bit, right? Oh, oh yeah, no, for sure. So, every, like, you know, from, hey, like, you had to kill penalties at times, you had to do, you know, bring, bring the energy. You had the fight guys. The one thing that I had that really enabled me to probably play 18, 19 years, but 18 seasons was the ability that I could fight, right? And, and fighting in, in the physical element in, in the game through the 90s and, and the first decade of you know, this century, um, fighting was still part of the game. And so I could show up, even if I didn't feel good, mm-hmm. you know, where you, know, you, you just don't feel like you have it. Um, 
you could actually pick somebody out on the other team, manufacture energy, lift your boys up, and everybody in the in in, in your locker room and the coaching staff would say, "Geez, Brad May was ready to play tonight," when in fact you felt terrible, you were under the weather, and you probably weren't at the level to compete and to play at your highest level. But you know what? Being able to to immerse myself into or start, you know, chaos on the ice that that was a big deal, and it certainly helped me. But um, it's recognizing moments, right? Like a two on a two on two is a is a great opportunity, right? You're you're going crossing over the blue line, but if you're playing against Ray Bork, right, and Don Sweeney in the Boston Bruins, you don't want to get caught trying to make a you know a dipsy do play at the blue line because they're too good defensively and the puck's going the other way. You have to know who you're playing against, and I think that awareness escapes players when they're when they're squeezing the stick and they're and they're so focused on doing one thing. I think you have to let the game come to you as well. So it's it's a fluid. It's a fluid situation. You know, as a fighter or someone that did fight, I, I want to ask you, because we always focus on the, the, the effect it has on others after a fight. How or where were you, or, or how long did you try to kind of keep an eye on the situation of when the team responded after you fought? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was completely ingrained in that. Two things. Some fights did nothing to your teammates. <laughs> yeah. Because depending on their, you know, their mental or the game or the situation – um, sometimes the team didn't respond. Do you just stew Other in the times, box in, in, in those moments? Well, and then you're looking across the ice at your teammates, and you're like, <laughs> why in the world are they not standing up, you know, pounding the boards for you? You know, oh, my God, this, this team that you're playing against is now, you know, they've played in your, your zone. You're in the box for five minutes, and, and you haven't even touched the puck as a team. Um, you get a little bit upset there, but it, it's a matter of time, and I think, you know, I had coaches, they're like, Brad, you, you know what? Most of the time you make the right decision, but when you don't, you really screw it up and you screw the team's momentum. And I think that it, it's one of those things because they're like, hey, we want you to do, you know, A, B, and C. You do that at the wrong time and it has a completely detrimental effect. So, um, yeah, it's not a perfect, <laughs> it's not a perfect science, but um, definitely being a teammate is more than just showing up and, and, and jumping over the boards right. and doing what your role, you know, is expected of you. It's it's understanding and, and seeing the personalities of your teammates and the energy that they're giving off. And you know what? The conversation, the the, the the small words that you'd use on the bench, whatever that would be, is is trying to keep everybody at their, their heightened state, right? If we call it the zone, but players every player in the NHL has been in the zone and has had these games that have come to them, and it's been the easiest thing possible. The difference between the best players and a fringe NHL player is the best players are in the zone a heck of a lot more often, and they let the game come to them because their ability to read and react is just that much greater than the average player. Um, But the moment you get pressure, and pressure is what these guys are feeling right now, um, you know, that possibility of not playing, like, you go to sleep this afternoon waiting for the, you know, the game to come and am I in the lineup? Am I not? Um, it's not a, it's not, I, I certainly wouldn't recommend it for any player, but I'll tell you what, you know exactly where you stand at all times on a team. Your teammates do, they know where you are. And those conversations, the, the crazy part, good teams don't let it affect the whole group, bad teams, that negativity, you know, um, builds on itself 
and then it leads from one loss to two losses to three losses. So you need quality veterans. And I was so fortunate to play with uh, players that had been around and, and were also generous with their with their advice and their time for for a young player. The, the reason I ask, and because I imagine as you're sitting in the box or you get back to, to the other side, you want to see a certain level of physical engagement then from the teams or or mental engagement. And you know, we were ta- I was talking to Yannick Hansen uh, the other day. He comes on the show as well on Tuesdays, and we were talking about the Winnipeg game, and he had a big problem with the the four two goal where it was the breakaway and it kind of slid to the top of the crease, and a guy just no contact and was able to. Uh, to bat it in. It was Morgan Barron, I think, who put it in. And then you look at the, the the Pittsburgh game, and like Crosby has the puck in the slot, passes it, and no one really picks up a body. And you just look, it's like that physical engagement sometimes, just to put body on body, not put a guy through the boards or fight or anything, but it's really lacking from this team right now. Yeah, and and, and that's that's personnel, and that's and, and it's personnel, but it's also it's just a focus. It's it's actually a commitment to doing the hard things. Listen, it's it's human nature is to do the you know the easiest way is the best way, right? If if you can cheat and kind of find your way to to do less and and, and achieve the same, um, I mean I think that's human. But um, professional sports is not like that because the other guy on the other uh, on, for that particular shift, he's engaged and he's focused and he's going to do what what what's necessary. And any types of lapses like that, you know, it, it's really inexcusable. But it's understandable, right? It's 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 human, but um, that's why you go to practice. That's why practices are more important. And I hate to say this as a as a former player, but practice is better and more important for a team than just going out and play and playing, you know, and having a fun game and playing hard. Um, it's all those, you know, staples and the discipline that you get um, running line rush after line rush after line rush. You know, trying to ingrain these these personality traits to to not only your players but to the team identity as well. And I'm with Yannick. Yannick was a hardworking player, um, was always like super engaged. Um, I'm with him. It, it's inexcusable to see that. You know, if you're on a team, your teammates, you know, sloughing off. But even just watching the game and these great players today, um, you see it in every game, and you see players that just aren't engaged, you know, on certain nights and, and they stand out like a sore thumb. Uh, he's Brad May. Uh, we talk to him every Thursday here on the people show, Brad, this was great stuff, man. We'll talk soon. Hey, can I just say one good thing though? Absolutely. Cause I, I don't want to be there again. <laughs> I don't want to just pound on guys, but that's big, but full Horvath, what a year he's having. So excited for him. This guy, however, it, 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 that's a tough situation, right? I mean, his contract, but he's playing his, his tail off. Elias Pettersson has been amazing. He's actually leading you know, on five-on-five five, uh, production in the National Hockey League. Um, and then Kuzmenko, he, he's been a heck of a player. What a, what a bright spot there. So there's a lot of good things that are happening in, in Vancouver. Um, it's just not amounting to wins right now. Uh, we'll certainly get into some of those uh, conversations as we as we get uh, closer through the weeks towards the trade deadline. Obviously, Kuzmenko is a, a big topic of conversation here recently, but uh, we'll save that one for next Thursday. Uh, Brad, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's Brad May here on The People's Show. Again, we'll hear from him next Thursday as well. Before we're out on the pod here today, let's look at The People's Picks. Brought to you by Playdown Sports. Get a $5 free bet when you make a $25 same-game parlay wager on NFL games. 
Conditions apply. Must be 19 plus. Working our way through Super Wild Card Weekend uh, at the card. Going to go to Buffalo. And in this spot here, the Bills against the Dolphins. Projecting a Bills win here. We know about the issues on the offensive side of the ball at quarterback with Miami. But looking at some player props in this spot, take a lead early and protect the lead late. That's the game script I'm following here. So early on, hit up Stephon Diggs, 85-plus yards, paying out at 2.05. Later on in the game, build a lead, get the win, rush the ball. And you're going to want to protect Josh Allen in this game if you get a big lead if you're the Bills. Don't need to use his legs. Who else can you use to start turning the clock? Devin Singletary at 50 yards, playing out at 2.10. That's what I'm taking a look at this weekend in the Bills game. Uh, for the People's Picks, brought to you by PlayNow Sports. When you choose to bet on sports at playnow.com, you're playing on the only site whose profits go back to BC. Know your limit, play within it. That's it for the People's Show today on the pod. Thanks for joining us. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, we'll be back live on Sportsnet 650. Uh, we've got Big Six as well. And Ken Priestley, two-time cup champion, will join us after a Canucks game versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Coming up tomorrow, uh, see you then.